If you know it, the psalmist said, they that love him will trust him. Amen. And we certainly have put God to the test, found time and time again, he never fails. Amen. We certainly thank you. Thank you and thank you for the beautiful message and song. And for the reminder, aren't you glad you can trust him? Thank you so much, church. I trust that's our commitment and inspiration tonight. Go with me in the Word of God to the book of Job. The first chapter, as we are stepping our way, slowly but surely, through this study in the Word of God, why do bad things happen to good people? Talk to me now. Say with me. Why do bad things happen? to good people with God's help. We're we're looking at Job before the bad things. That's what we're talking about. And and we're doing that on purpose because everybody wants to identify with Job when something bad goes on in your life. But ain't nobody trying to be good Job. Okay? Okay? So you, you, you can't be claiming Job with the bad things if you're not going to claim Job with the good Job. Okay, so we, want, we, we want these bad things to be a compliment to your service to God. Amen. And not a condemnation or a consequence to it. So let's look at a couple of verses and finish this section tonight about Job before we get into what happened to him because of his character, not because of the lack thereof. There was a man in the land of us whose name was, talk to me. Let's talk about him. That man was what? And one that, and it's too deep. Yes, it's character. They were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance also was 7,000, how much? Sheep, 7,000 sheep, 3,500 yoke of oxen, 500 she asses, a very great what? So that this man was the what? Greatest of all the men of the East. Can God trust you with greatness? And his sons went and feasted in their houses, everyone his day. And sent and called for the three sisters to eat and to drink with them. And it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. I don't think we'll get to verse number six. We may, but, but uh, you say, Pastor, we, 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 we've been in these first few verses for a while, are we going to get to number six? My question is, are you going to get to number five? <laughs> you worry about when the message will get to six. I worry about when your life's going to match five and four and three. You see, that, that's and one. See, Because I, I'm just trying to tell you, if you can't be Job in verse number one, you certainly won't act like Job when verse number six shows up. Let the church say amen. Father, help us, Lord. Cleanse me of sin, empty me of self, and fill me with your spirit. Help me, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I, I hear Christians all the time repeating me. Oh, I just, 
Pray for me. I tell you what, it's it's been rough. Pray for me. I I tell you what, been going. I I well, I sure need that message. I, I I tell you what, that's what I need. I'm so glad the choir sang that song. Thank God for songs. Thank God for sermons. Thank thank God for encouragement. Thank God for pre. Thank God for challenges. Thank God for church services. None of them and all of them combined, they are no substitute for character. Nothing someone gives you is a substitute for what you have. And you walk with the Lord. And this is what sustained Job. You, 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 you cannot travail your way through difficulties in life over the contribution of others. You, 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 you are not going to survive the tests and tribulations in life over the sermons from your pastor. You, you, you cannot live your Christian life and sustain faithfulness over the songs from the music ministry. They're, they're all contributors in the Christian life. But, but listen to me, folks. The perseverance through the most difficult stages of life can only be maintained through old-fashioned, God-given Christian character. You have to have it. And so this is where Job was. We have stepped our way through the introduction of this passage, understanding this man was was a real man. We, we, we're learning in chapter number one, these, these bad things that happen to good people. We're learning in chapter number one that Job actually was a good person. <laughs> you know, I'm finding out, Proverbs 20, verse 6, most men will proclaim every man his goodness. You know, I'm finding out most people, when bad things happen, call themselves good people. But Proverbs 20 says, a faithful man who can find. In other words, what people call themselves is not necessarily what they are. You are not what you label yourself. You are what you live. Let me say that again. You are not what you label yourself. You are what you live. That's what the verse is saying, 20 verse 6 of Proverbs. You can proclaim yourself a good person, and that's, of course, that's what, that's what we do. That's what social media helps us do. That's what labeling does. That what, that's what platforming does. That's what reputation, that's what business card. that's what men use do. Men use make the item look good, but just because the item looks good on the menu doesn't mean it's going to look good on the plate. The description of the entree is one thing, all right? The taste of the entree is another. Listen to, listen to me. Uh, uh, your reputation is what you say about yourself or what other people say about you. Your character is what God knows about you. Here's the, this is the stellar description of Job. He's from a particular country, the land of Uz. That was a place that actually existed. And, and so what are you saying? I'm saying if you're going to live for God, you're going to have to live for God in a place that actually exists. Okay, you, 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 your, 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 your Christianity cannot be a mirage. It, it, it cannot be a fantasy. It, it, it cannot be a Sunday night testimony. It, it, it cannot be a brief, a brief talk about what you are. Your, your Christianity has to be lived, listen, on planet Earth in a real city, in a real time zone, in a real zip code where real people live. Job did not live the Christian life in some fairy tale island where only Christians gathered. He lived the Christian life in a real world with a real devil, a real flesh, and a real culture that was anti-God. And in these last days, if you want to call yourself a good person that has bad things happening to you, you're going to have to learn to live out the Christian life in a real world where there's a real devil, 
a wicked flesh and a world that is a society contrary to Almighty God. You've got to do it in a particular country and you've got to do it with personal character. We see in verse number one, he was a man with a righteous walk, perfect and upright. He was a man with reverent ways. He feared God. He was a man that eschewed evil. He was a man with repulsive wickedness. All these notes there on the screen. This was the, the character that described Job. This is not Job-like character. This is God-like character. It's not character that only Job could have. It's character that every single Christian needs to have. And could I tell you, you need to have it before the trial comes because when it comes, it's too hard to get it while it's happening. This is the personal character of Job. We saw, verse number two, the precious children of Job, seven sons and three daughters. Every child is precious, but Job just happened to be favored by God to have ten. And what a blessing. With more children come more arrows. With more arrows be, be, become more weapons to fight the devil. But with more arrows and more, more, response, more children come more responsibility. More responsibility is what Job had, ten children. And this is where Job is truly described here in chapter number one. He's not only a man with precious children. He's not only a man with, with particular country. He's not only a man with a personal character. He's a man of a prosperous condition. Verse number three says he's 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 tree asses, a very great household, the greatest in all of the East. I told you last week that the estimations have evaluated that Job's Wealth could have been anywhere from 56 million to 250 million, somewhere in between. We can't say with great certainty, but the scripture tells us by summary that he was the greatest in all of the East. So I don't know what the dollar figure was, but it was more than anybody else. And he, you find me somebody that's got more than anybody else in their land who walks with God more than anybody else does. The two just don't seem to go together, do they? Jesus himself said how, hardly, how hard it is for a rich man to get into heaven. It had nothing to do with his money. It had something that, nothing to do with the man having money. It had to do with the money having the man. And he wasn't saying being rich, you can't go to heaven being rich. Solomon was rich. Job was rich. David was rich. Many, many, many godly men were rich. He was just saying the likelihood of these riches to distract the mind, the love of money is the root of all evil, has, has become so commonplace. And yet we're seeing in Scripture, here is a man who who was not deterred by his prosperous condition. He was even more dedicated. Last week we saw his prioritized consecration. What do you mean? It was a big deal. It was a big deal for him to consecrate his children. Why? Because he was one of a perceptive conscience. He knew how important consecration was. Why? He knew that his children had to live in the same world he had to live in. He, he, he knew that they had to function in a culture that he had to function in. He, he, he knew that just being around him wasn't enough. He, he knew that just being exposed to blessings wasn't enough. He knew that just being in the presence of God's favor wasn't enough. He knew that he needed to consecrate, him, consecrate them, and he knew that that was a prior, and watch this, listen please. He knew that giving them 
things wasn't enough. He knew that he could give them all the things that they wanted. He knew that he could expose them to all the things that God had given him. He knew that he could bless them with all the things God had blessed him with. And there's nothing wrong with sharing the blessings of God with our family. Why would we not want the people that we love the most to enjoy the blessings that God has favored us with? But he understood that there was nothing greater that he could give his children than to give them the character that God had allowed him to have. And so because he was perceptive, and oh my goodness in these last days, perception is of such importance. God help us to have a perceptive conscience. To know that, 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 that those that we love must, must have more passed on to them than just our stuff. Wow. We talked about his substance. His substance, his substance was, was all of that. Verse 4, his sons feasted and, and in their houses every one his day and sent call for the three sisters and he drank with them. I told you verse number 4 is not necessarily the indication of his, of his family or his children just partying and cutting the food. It's just them having a good time in the places that they had. Where do you think they got those places from? How do you think it was that these ten children all have nice homes and, and nice things? Well, they had a good, good father, didn't they? God help us. God help us if we... If we think that, that, that someone ought to be slighted, that you ought to be, be slighted for, for, for wanting those that you love, your children, your, your, your spouse, your, your family, to, to enjoy the things that you, I mean, what, what, listen, what, what good father, what good mother wouldn't want his precious children, her precious children, to enjoy the blessings that God has given to them? There's, there's nothing wrong with the Job's. Listen, Job's not wrong for making sure his kids got blessed just like he got blessed. I think that's right, don't you? But here's what he's saying. Y'all ain't going to just get my substance. I want you to get my spirituality too. So, so, so I'm going to consecrate you. That's what it says. That's what it says, the Bible says in verse number five. He sanctified them. We saw last week the word sanctified means to set apart, to make special. And, and we know that that can't happen by slapping up somebody, somebody inside the head. We know that that can't happen by dropping the Jesus juice in the drink. The Bible doesn't give us explicit information on how he sanctified them, but we, we can assume. Uh, how, how, how do you make somebody, how do you set somebody apart? How about teaching? How about training? How about time? How about talking? That's how, listen, listen that's, how, that's how you make people that are close to you set apart like you've been set apart. It, it, how about discipleship? It's missing. Listen, listen, it's missing. You know why we're too busy for discipleship? We don't have time to get nobody telling nobody about Jesus. We, got, we don't have enough time. Listen you, can't, listen, you can't pass on your faith with a handshake. You got to pass on, pass on your faith by taking time. And, and, and shame on us if we're passing on our faith to all our spiritual converts and, and not taking any time to pass on our faith to our own children. This is what he's doing. He's, he's, he's sanctifying them. And I said last week, if you don't have children, you've got influence. So, so, so somebody around you, somebody you love, somebody you care about, listen, it, it ought to be your desire to sanctify those about, 
those that are around you, those that you love, you ought to be passing it on. I, did you spend any time between this Wednesday, this Wednesday and last Wednesday sanctifying someone through talking and training and time? You have lunch with anybody and encourage your walk with the Lord? And all of your social media exchanges, did you, did you point anybody to Jesus? Was, was anybody exhorted to love and good works by being in your presence? You're getting quiet. Does anybody get around you and want to be more like Jesus? Do you, do you rev up their flesh? Do you, do you rationalize their foolishness? Huh? This is what Job is saying. He said, sanctify them. Look, look here's, here's what he's saying. He's, he's saying, kids, kids, if you're going to hang out in that world, these grown kids, listen, if y'all going to be grown out there in that world in which I've had to fear God, hate evil, and walk uprightly, if you're going to go out in that world, here's what he's saying. He's saying, I, God bless me in this present world. I, I'm living for God in this present world. And I'm saying to you children, you're going to go out there. You're going to get together. You're going to have fun in your houses. Hey, boys, you're going to invite your sisters over to, to enjoy the goodness of God. Listen to me. Is it possible? Anybody listening to me right? Is it possible to have fun and be faithful at the same time? That's what the sanctification of Job is doing for his children. He's, he's teaching them. Look, look here, sons and daughters. Y'all can have a good time without cutting a fool. Don't get quiet on me. Say amen on this Wednesday night. Y'all just had your hand up during the song. I'm still preaching. I, 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 detest, I detest the narrative. And, and, and I detest it even more that it's being pushed by believers. I, I, can, I can tolerate a narrative being pushed propagated by lost people that the Christian life is no fun because they don't know because they've never lived it. What I cannot put up with is save people promoting a narrative that the Christian life is not fun. And any Christian that's calling the Christian life boring is a Christian that's not actually living the bona fide Christian life. Because if he did, he would never call living in the center of God boring because he would know that it's not boring if he was actually living there. A miserable Christian, mark this down. I, didn't, I don't have it in my notes, but the Lord just gave it to me. A miserable Christian, without a doubt, is a child of God living in this world in an unsanctified way. Miserable. You say the most miserable person on planet earth is a lost man headed to hell. Wrong. The most miserable person on earth is a Christian headed to heaven living like he's going to hell. Let me give you this quick principled conduct. Here it is, principled conduct. I've got to hurry. And he rose up early in the morning, offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. So, so, so if he had 10 children, it appears he, ordered how, he offered how many offerings? Come on, come on, this is a Wednesday night crowd. If he had 10 children, it appears he, he offered how many offerings? Because the Bible said he offered offerings, uh, burnt offerings according to the number of them all. Now this, notice this phrase and you can go home. For Job said, this is the reasoning within himself. It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Here's what he's saying. God... I'm going to go overboard in my worship to you just in case my children have sinned and I don't know it. I call that principle. 
I, I call that principled here's, 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 here's what he's saying. I care so much about the character of God. I care so much about sin that God, I'm asking you to take my offering in place. Um, listen, Lord, if they're messing up and ain't asking you for forgiveness, I'm trying to ask for forgiveness. For, now listen, I'm not saying that Job's offering was a I'm not saying that a parent can live for God in place of the children because everybody's got to live for God for himself. But I'm telling you that Moses said, God, I want to stop the plague. And, and listen, I'm going to stand in between your people and the plague. Please don't destroy them, God. For, for, for my sake, God, for my character, please don't destroy. Let me ask you a question. Do you love God enough to stand in the way of his judgment for somebody else and say, God, they may be in sin, but God, may my character overshadow their sin. Somebody's got listen. You, you don't believe God. You don't believe God. You don't, you don't believe God even pays attention to that rationale. Then you explain to me how righteous Abraham started at fifty and moved his way down to ten, and convinced God that that God would not destroy wicked. I'm talking about utterly. I'm talking about where men are trying to sleep with angels, Sodom and Gomorrah. And by the way, you go, you run with it and do whatever, do whatever you want to do with it. Why don't, if, if God's working, if, unless God's just not working on ratios at all, what makes you think if Abraham had said, peradventure, there's only one righteous, will you not destroy? What makes you think God wouldn't have said, since you asked? I'm telling you. That God, I don't think God set 10, uh, the number 10. I think God just thought enough of his servant Abraham that he answered his prayer. And I'm not convinced if Abraham said, what if there's five righteous that God wouldn't have said, there are five righteous. What if there's one? Abraham knew his nephew was there. I'm not, I'm not convinced that if Abraham said, what if one righteous that God wouldn't have said, I'm not stopping it because the number, I'm stopping it because you ask. God, God, God wasn't moved by the number 10. God was moved by the heart of his servant. You don't think God was moved by the heart of his servant? Why don't you, get, why don't you spend tomorrow morning praying for somebody that you love that's not right with God and say, God, would you give more time for my sake and why don't you walk right enough to put my sake down? I'm not, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm not putting myself up as a pedestal of anything, but I, I know for years I prayed, God, God, I, I know there's some people that you, you know that are your own children that are walking outside of your will, but God, God, would you spare them? Judge me. It's love. It's principled conduct. It's, it's, it's what people it's what people do it's, it's what it's what people do and, and listen that means you've got to go beyond status quo if you're a child of God that's trying to position yourself for God's mercy on someone else's behalf amen I don't know what your offering is 
what, you, what your offering represents to ask God that. But I'm telling you what, you, can't, you cannot walk in a church and just barely drop 10% in at God and show your face every once in a while and read one chapter and close your Bible to check your box off and then tell God you want God to show mercy on people you love when you're just penny-pinching with God. And I'm, con- I'm, I'm, concern- I'm concerned about people that, 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 that are physically able to come to church that, that, that email and call in prayer requests and don't have enough spiritual fortitude to come to church and pray for them themselves. And that's not everybody on this list. But God forbid, I want God to move on my behalf for, for prayer and I won't even come to prayer meeting. I'm talking about character. I'm talking about this man that looked good, gracious, alive. You, you want to call yourself Job? Most Christians wouldn't have last past chapter 2, verse 1. And yet he survives. Job survived because he had character before he went in. And then notice the practical consistency, and I'm done. Thus did Job continue. People say to me all the time, Pastor, just just put, put, put a special one up for me. Hey, hey, Rev, hey, Rev, call me up. I mean, I'm, I'm going through a tough time. I, I, I know you are with God. Just, just, would you, would you send a real, so we, People that I don't even know, I meet them at the doctor's office. Oh, you're a preacher. Next time you go to church, would you, would you send one up for me? Folks, listen to me. We have got to get out of this pattern of getting serious about worship just when we need something. It didn't say Job did it one time when they were partying hard because he was afraid they might have drank something, smoked something, did something that night that might get them in trouble. It said, thus Job did continually. I'm saying this and I'm done because I get, get another chance at it next week. Your character is not something you do in a flash. Huh? You listening to me? You don't, listen, you don't make a career on the basketball court by coming down in halftime, throwing up a half-court shot with one hand, and it goes in, and some owner from the league goes, oh, I want to sign you to a multi-million dollar contract because anybody that can shoot like that, I want on my team. You know what that owner says? You got lucky. I ain't giving you a contract because you threw it up one time. I'm giving give you a contract because you have a pattern of making a bucket. See, see, the only part of your character that's real is the part that you sustain continually. You, can, you cannot build bona fide character on what you do at church services. They're not long enough. Okay? You can't, you can't build bona fide character on what you do on Sunday morning. It's not long enough. One day is not enough. You got seven days. Amen. You got to build character on what you do. Continue. So I want you to go home and think about this. What in my life, by way of character, do I do continually? Continue. Now, the church stimulates that continuation. 
Preaching ought to stimulate that continuation. Godly influences ought to stimulate that continuation. But only what actually happens continually qualifies as character. And may God help us to quit hitting and missing at righteousness and learning how to practice it continually. Father, thank you for your blessing word. We got, we got work to do. Oh, we do. Help us. We love you. We bless you. All of the building is God is speaking to your heart. You, you trust the Lord. Say, God, give me some Give me some continuity in my practices. Help me not to be one of these up and down Christians. Up and down with worship, up and down with witnessing, up and down with giving, up and down with moods, up and down with gratitude, up and down with joy. I can, God. If it's right, it's, it's, if it's right today, it's right tomorrow. If it's right this week, it's right next week. Now, God, we're going to jump in to some of the bad things that happened to Job on next week. But, God, before we get there, help us to jump in to the good things that Job was now. So when the bad things happen, we're not trying to get good then. We're already good and we just keep doing good like we were doing continually. In Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. You're glad you're saved. You're glad you came to church. Say amen. Between now and the next time we get together, there's a lot going on for this rest of the week.